Hey this is Sayyam Botani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science a podcast for data science enthusiasts where i interview practitioners researchers and calculators about their journey experience and talk all things about data science Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chai Time Data Science Show. In this episode, I interview Kaggle Grandmaster Dimitri Danievsky, whose uh, team has just finished first on the Google Quest Q&A labeling Kaggle competition. And with that gold medal, Dimitri has just achieved the title of becoming a grandmaster in the competition's tier. And as you know, we'll be we talk about his. journey on kaggle and into data science on this episode along with their first position solution to the google quest uh, competition dimitri is currently working as a machine learning specialist a machine learning research engineer at respeacher we also discuss about his work kaggle has impacted his work and his take on where does kaggle help you in data science without further ado here's my interview with kaggle grandmaster dimitri danievsky about their first position solution kaggle and real world data science please enjoy the show hi everyone i am on the call with someone who's just become a grandmaster dimitri danevsky dimitri thank you so much for joining me on the podcast Uh yeah hello. Uh my name is Mitri. Uh it's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, and sure and uh recently our team uh our team won uh the Google Quest Q&A labeling challenge on Kaggle. Yeah, and uh this was my fifth gold medal and therefore our I became a Kaggle grandmaster right. Congratulations on on both the things. I'll we'll talk about the competition in a bit. But uh, once you become a grandmaster, do you get entry into a secret fight club? Do you gain any secret abilities? How how's the feeling? Can you describe the feeling? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't say that this is like this final step is like something like really specific because you know prior to becoming a grandmaster, you have to do all these other competitions, and uh, and probably this this. Yeah, this final one wasn't like the the most uh, the most uh, challenging because you know uh, the first reason is that the competition it, uh, itself wasn't that hard for me for several uh, reasons, and probably the second one is that uh, you know given all the experience I got from other competitions, uh, it was just easier. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, in general, yeah. Becoming a, a grandmaster is like a huge step for me because it's something you, you know you could you know you could tell people and they just wow that's that, that's really awesome. Uh, <laughs> in the sense, it, yeah, this is great. But in terms of like feelings, that I like became like much much stronger in terms of like doing machine learning. It's it's not at all. I mean, 
I feel absolutely the same as I felt like a month ago. Uh, yeah, and uh, about the competition, probably I will tell it like a bit later, but yeah, in general, it was like, I have to build a, a system that would uh, automatically score a stock overflow and stock exchange uh, answers and questions by 30 different attributes. Like for instance, how good the question is and how the answer answers the questions, like to what extent it answers the question. Yeah. I guess we can uh, talk about the competition first. Usually we talk about, uh, I talk about the guest journey, but uh, bef- uh, so could you highlight the competition? What was the challenge in the Google Quest uh, Q&A challenge? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, as I said, you like given some uh, questions and answers from Stack Overflow and Stack Change and uh, you know other sites like Ask Ubuntu uh, and probably some some like less common like uh, photography.exchange.com. Uh, yeah, you have uh, all these uh, all these questions and answers from you know like in uh, in a raw format, and you have to build a system. Probably it's like an NLP system uh, that should analyze those uh, those those questions and answers, and uh, output some some uh, some predictions on how the how the say how the question is uh, is like well for, well formulated uh, does it have like a commonly accepted answer and so on yeah and we had like around six six thousand of labeled uh, examples uh, yeah uh, in in our training set and around like three or four in uh, in the testing set yeah. Okay. Uh, was this similar to any competitions you've done in the past? Did you have any code that you could just uh, stick on top of this competition for a baseline? Uh, well, I'm not sure because uh, I'm actually not that not that into NLP. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm actually like trying to do like different competitions, but I guess I never I never did uh, serious NLP competitions before. Uh, except for probably before this competition, our team, uh, I mean, like by our team, I mean, uh, Yuri and Alak, we took part in some other NLP competitions. It was like just like just before this competition. And that, and that, and that competition was uh, on a like, very related topic. Uh, and there we had to do question answering, like in a standard form where you have like this text and you have to find, um, you know, as span of uh, is a stack that answers uh, the question. Uh, yeah, and uh, there we we also had to use some NLP stuff, but that competition was really different because, uh, you know, this, 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 yeah, this, this task is like absolutely like about other, other stuff. Uh, yeah, so in some sense, I, uh, I had some, some similar experience, but in in, yeah, in other sense, I, I didn't. Period that you were involved in the competition, like when did you sign up and um, how was your time and efforts involved throughout this duration and your teams? Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we we decided to, uh, to uh, yeah, we decided to jump into this competition because uh, we felt a bit uh, frustrated uh, because we, you know, uh, in that previous competition, we actually finished on the, I guess, 13th position. 
Yeah. That was the top seller position. Uh, yeah. So uh, we felt that we want something like, you know, like like revenge in a like in a good sense. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, I guess that's the reason we we actually started doing this. To, yeah, doing this one. So uh, once you signed up for it, uh, what were your go-to steps? Uh, or generally speaking, when you sign up for any competitions, how how do you approach the problem? Um, well, yeah. So uh, it really depends on the competition because, for some, yeah, for some uh, competitions, you could just you know uh, use some old code from from the problem you have already solved. Uh, but for some others, you have to, you, yeah, you have to write your own pipeline uh, as it was in in the previous Google Kine uh, TF 2.0 competition, where I, I had to write my pipeline entirely from scratch. But here we decided not to, like, you know, not to reinvent things and just pick the, the best public baseline available and made it work much better. Yeah, so, uh, but I wouldn't recommend doing this unless you're like really experienced because public kernels often contain a lot of mistakes. Yeah, it will work, I mean. Okay, uh, so uh, if, if you could describe the solution overview and the, the final solution that made it uh, to the first position. Yeah, so, um, Actually, the most valuable thing we realized was that the data size is like really, really small. Uh, so like 6,000 samples is like real small data sets by modern standards. And even with use of, of transfer learning, one could expect to, you know, to have a relatively low score with that small data set. So, from the first day, we we thought on how we could actually uh, utilize some external data that was allowed in this competition, and you know there are like a lot of external data because you have access to all this Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange posts. Yeah, and uh, so I guess our like two main uh, things that made us yet one. Uh, Mm, they are they are uh, on domain pre-training where we just you know used a standard uh, BERT uh, pre-training on the on the available stacker flow and stacker exchange data with an uh, external uh, metadata that comes you know from the post like the number of uploads and uh, you know, whether the, the particular answer was accepted as, a, as, a, as an answer. Uh, yeah, and we like, and additionally to standard masked language model uh, task, we added uh, this, this additional task uh, to predict those attributes like the number of upvotes for the post. And uh, yeah, and this, this sort of pre-training really helped us uh, because, yeah, because uh, our models, they became like much more suitable for working on this particular domain while, yeah, while a standard BERT or other 
other model would just use some like, some general domain knowledge that mm. probably will not work that good. Yeah, and the second really related stuff is to use is to use uh, pseudo labeling, which is like a really a really common technique used by you know in in probably almost any competition since I don't know like probably like three years ago. Or so yeah, yeah. So and uh, and it, and here we do not you know we we decided to not like reinvent uh, things and just use regular. Uh, so the labeling uh, pipeline where you have some labeled, uh, you, you have some unlabeled data. You use your already existing models to predict labels on those data and uh, add this and add this labels to your yeah to your uh, training set. There were like some caveats about this, uh, but uh, I guess we describe it uh, them on the, on the forum. So I guess I will not I will not outline them here because it's like really too technical so you get very interested yeah okay so so you mentioned uh you use transformer models towards your solution uh and that's that's slightly contrary compared to you mentioned it's also smaller data size uh, did you run any experiments or any other intuition uh why, why was that a better option like are you asking about uh did we evaluate like what is a Difference between like standard BERT models and our our like our fine-tuned models on the on the domain data. Correct, and because you mentioned that it's it's a relatively smaller data, and usually transformers are really good at bigger data sets. Yeah, but but the idea was to to use like to, like to take a standard BERT trained model on like a, a huge data set, right, and then take relatively small external data set, but to like. Like a relatively big data set, uh, so I, I guess we used around like a couple of millions posts from the Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange in order to even more like fine tune the birds. But now on the domain data, and then we use this on the on the available training set, which was small. But this training helped the model, you know, not to struggle with this like very specific uh, tokens uh, found on say on Stack Overflow where you have all these code snippets and so on. Um, now in hindsight, uh, generally speaking, how has uh, working on Kaggle competitions impacted your professional life? And I'm trying to ask this question on the podcast more recently since people are debating that Kaggle isn't data science. You don't learn uh, much data science skills. And these are mostly from people who are from the outside Kaggle world, what's your take on that? And uh, what have your learnings been while being active on Kaggle? I see this is like a really good question. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, I, actually, I think that both sides, I mean, those who are like for Kaggle and those who are like, like against Kaggle, they have some good arguments, uh, but my opinion is that Kaggle is really good in, you know, in, in boosting your technical machine learning skills and data modeling skills, data visual, data visualization skills. And, it's, and it does its job like probably better than any other activity. Yeah, probably if you like work on like a really good job and you have like a really strong team, probably it's better to spend your time entirely on this, on this job and not to even think about Kaggle. 
but for I guess nine to five percent of people who are interested in machine learning, this is not an option because there are like not that many uh, good teams and not that many really interesting jobs. So if you really want to to make your make your technical skills uh, really good, you probably are really you should be like really interested about Kaggle. Yeah, but uh, Kaggle is typically criticized by you not know, being like really away from what is happening in real life. But I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't agree with that because uh, you know the modeling is like almost the same. But yeah, sure, you will not learn how to how to communicate with like with business guys or how to you know how to write if, uh, efficient Python code to extract data from you know from some like stream and so on. But this is like, you know, no one says that you will learn this. I mean, uh, it's like, yeah, so uh, so you shouldn't like expect Kaggle to teach you something it shouldn't, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I would say that, yeah, that Kaggle is like really good at, at boosting your technical skills and you shouldn't expect to learn something else because just not what Kaggle is about. Those can only be learned in the learned in the real world, like like you said. Uh, talking to business people can only be learned by talking to business people, and that that becomes a RL loop from the real world. Yeah, sure. Uh, you could learn, you know, you could learn some some soft skills on Kaggle because, for instance, if you are participating in, uh, in a team, it might be like really hard to make your teammates to do what you want, or you know, want to kind of convince yourself that you have to do what they want because, you know, sometimes they're right, sometimes you are right. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that involves, you know, some some patience and, and ability to, you know, to listen to other people. And that's, I guess, what is like really important in, in business as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, especially, you know, when you have this very, very stressful situations, yeah, for instance, where you have to do to say to decide what submission to choose or probably what approach to follow because you don't have to, uh, time to you know to test all the approaches this is yeah i guess it's this really makes your soft skills and negotiation skills much much stronger what's your teaming up strategy and uh, how do you distribute your workflow when in a team oh okay. yeah i see thanks uh uh, uh so yeah, so it really depends. So, like, typically when when I'm like in a in a team, uh, everyone, you know, has something in mind to work on. So, yeah. So, like, for instance, in these particular competitions, uh, yeah. So, I was like mostly thinking about general strategy, about like training models, about using pseudo uh, labels, about using uh, you know. How to how to set up our like final ensemble? How to you know how to you know how to sell, how to select models and so on? While say other uh, other guys were thinking about something else. So for instance, Yuri and uh, and Dmitri were thinking about uh, pre-training, and they spent like a lot of time training like like different pre-training. Uh, Approaches and uh, yeah, and Oleg was interested in training uh, like really, really deep, uh, big models like Bart that eventually uh, 
eventually uh, turned out to be our strongest model. Uh, yeah, so we typically, you know, just say what we think and just, and then if, if no one has any, you know, any counter arguments why you shouldn't work on this, you, yeah, you just work on what you want. And uh, yeah, because, um, yeah, because typically I, I'm, I, I merge with those who already, you know, already have, already has some, some vision, some success on, on other competitions. So they, they typically know what, what they are doing and I, yeah, and I trust them and they trust me. Makes sense. Did, did your Kaggle journey start after your data science journey or both started at the same time? Uh, is, is there a story there? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess I started Kaggle like, I guess, uh, Two years after I actually started doing any machine learning. Okay. So at the at the beginning of my of my career, I actually tried to to, to do some Kaggle, but the, those attempts they were like unsuccessful uh, because I either wasn't like really interested in the competitions, or I felt that I'm like not, you know, not. Uh, I don't know, like I'm not really not really capable of, of solving this. I don't know. And I just wanted to focus on my job and so on. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I guess probably one reason I, I wasn't paying like a lot of attention to Kaggle at the time because I, I had a really strong team, uh, on my, on my job and, uh, I just wanted to work with them and, you know, it was, uh, yes, that was the best option for me. Okay. For example. How was the first competition experience? Like, how has the journey changed since the first medal uh, to up till now? Uh, yeah, so uh, the progress is like, <laughs> well, so like my, my first competition, my first like serious competition, where, you know, I, I just like went from this, like, yeah, from the beginning to the end. It was this uh, data science bowl, uh, 20, 2018, and uh, there, as there, I got my silver medal, my, my first medal. Uh, yeah, and uh, since then, I don't know, like I, I participated in in around 15 competitions for the last around two years. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like it's, it might take like an hour to uh, to tell about all the all the competitions <laughs> I was involved in. Yeah, but in general, I could say that this experience was really valuable for me because I learned so much. And uh, it's just like not, this is just, uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, for instance, you can't like learn from, from the industry, from the other people and so on. Just because, you know, Kaggle offers you to work on so many different problems and uh, it makes you to compete against best minds uh, in, the, in the field. So you just, you know, you just, uh, it's like no chance you will not learn like anything. And there's like a really big chance you will learn a lot. Uh, yeah. So in general, I would say that this time was like really great and uh, really thankful to everyone who was like, with me and who helped me and who competed against me. It's like, also really important. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, coming to your current day job, uh, you're working at Respeacher. Uh, what tasks are you working on? What, what does a day in your life currently look like? Uh, 
Yeah, so Respeacher is a startup here in Kyiv, uh, founded around two years ago. Yeah, for some reason this this uh, uh, my, my start uh, at Respeacher for some reason it uh, coincided with uh, with my Kaggle start and uh, okay. yeah, but I don't know it's like sounds really unrelated because I do not no. I don't know, like I, I do not really, really relate my job to to Kaggle, but uh, yeah, but in my job we do um, we do something called voice conversion, uh, which is uh, something like you know you you take a model and you you make other 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 person to speak in the voice of some other person. So for instance, you want to you know to, you want to reuse. A voice of a famous actor to you know to uh, add some some scene to a movie, and you would you would reuse our approach to make this work without this this actor available. Okay. Uh, yeah, and this is like really similar to, for instance, text to speech uh, to text to speech problem, where you have text and you have to synthesize corresponding audio, but we work on top of other person's audio instead of text. Yeah, and uh, we mostly work with 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 deep learning approaches. Uh, we use, uh, we tr- at least like try to use uh, recent advances in the field. We use a lot of of different uh, of, of different uh, of different uh, different generative models like WaveNet and yeah and so on. Uh, yeah, so m- my job. It's, it's mostly around this, but also, yeah. Currently, I'm also responsible. I'm also responsible for for technical hiring. So I I do some technical interviews. Yeah, and also uh, we're like really research oriented company. So we do a lot of our own internal research. So I I have to read a lot of papers. Uh, sometimes I present those papers to the other members of the team. Yeah, and so on. Okay. How do you balance uh, time spent on competition with life and work? <laughs> That's the golden question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, uh, it was like really hard in the, in the, at the beginning because I didn't have a lot of experience that I had to spend like a lot of time coding and uh and stopping my my pipelines, I mean, like when I was working on some competition. Yeah. But now uh, I think that I have like a lot of code that I could reuse from the from the previous competitions. So typically, I do not code much uh, anymore uh, when I like I when I am into a, into a competition. So typically, it's, it takes me like around an hour in the morning and around an hour. In the evening, to you know, to add some, you know, and some some snippets, and uh, probably change some hyperparameters, and just you know, run some models on a GPU, and uh, just you know, go sleep. Uh, so yeah, and uh, in general, yeah, like I think that uh, typically it doesn't hurt much my personal life and my work, and yeah, okay. so. If if you were to give some advice to maybe a person who'll interview with you 
next in the future who will be doing a technical interview and is just starting their journey uh, what would be your best advice uh are you asking about like starting journey like on kaggle specifically or or kaggle like... or data science generally speaking uh well this is a really hard question because you know i started my my journey like around 4 years ago and uh things have changed so much since then so for instance back then i didn't have a lot of options where to start so i i completed some some basic uh machine learning courses like andreen's course and probably some others i read some books but yeah but now we have so many options um you know just like uh, starts so many different um, online classes so many different uh, you know books podcasts you could listen to and so on but in general uh, i think that if you are like you know if you are really serious about data science and machine learning and you really want to to be an expert in this it's really important to pay attention to fundamentals so i wouldn't advise like start from learning some libraries and uh frameworks because you know they they give you some like really really uh quick payoff so you could just you know like reuse some some existing code and make your pipeline work make your model work uh but this is not not what makes you an expert an expert is a is one who you know who knows things like really in depth and could for instance prop uh, yeah for instance uh, pr- uh, propose some adjustments to an existing model uh in order to make it you know work on some new data or a new type of problem and so on and for this you really have to be good at fundamentals you have to understand how those models work on the low level and uh, this is only achievable if you are really but yeah if you are really good at math you know say calculus you know linear algebra you know you know you know computer science and uh yeah i would yeah i would uh, i would advise to spend a lot of time on this however you shouldn't you know you shouldn't forget about the practical stuff like like kaggle and learning mm-hmm. yeah learning tools but yeah but i think that fundamentals is what makes one an expert not like not not libraries and uh, and frameworks that's amazing advice before we end the call what would be the best platforms to stay connected with your follow your work apart from uh, kaggle and i'll definitely have these in the show notes for anyone who wants to connect with your follow you uh yeah sure so i guess i typically post something on on, on linkedin but it's probably it's not the best platform for <laughs> yeah for technical stuff so i recently started my twitter uh i don't know, like if you if you have like a link so probably i could yeah i could send yes. the this link uh oh sure okay uh so there i plan to post some stuff related to machine learning and probably some I, i plan to do some some blog posts on a wide range of topics uh now i know finally it's like more like i'm done with kaggle <laughs> i'm not saying <laughs> i am like i 
I want to stop competing, but I guess it's, you know, now I, I could uh, I could compete with like much, you know, much slower pace and do not like, really care about the results because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could focus on, on, you know, on educating and, and sharing my knowledge. So I plan to, to do a series of, of, of blog posts on a, on different topics and probably I will share them mostly on, on Twitter and you could f- just follow me there <clears throat> if you are interested. That's amazing. For, for, for the audience, I've looked up your handle. It's uh, Danevsky D spelled at D-A-N-E-V-S-K-I-Y-D. So please uh, follow Dimitri on Twitter if you if you're too lazy to scroll to the show notes and find the link. But Dimitri, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and thank you for sharing all of these amazing advices. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for inviting me and also for listening to me. Uh, yeah, it was my my pleasure to be here and to share my my journey with the rest of the community. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to give it a review or feel free to shoot me a message. You can find all of the social media links in the description. If you like the show, please subscribe and tune in each week to Chai Time Data Science.